Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend and partner in radio, Barnabas Piper. Pipe, we are without Ronald J. Martin again this week, and uh, lest anyone think this is a referendum on his performance, um, it is not. He And he's actually not traveling either, so I don't feel like there's much we can do with this humor-wise. He's not yeah. traveling. No, he's he's actually he like literally moments before we were going to record, he had to uh, he had to take off to deal with a, a pastoral situation. So yeah. that's uh, which that's, was not that's a real euphemistic thing. for like buying a plane ticket to a conference. No. I, yeah, I gathered that it was a real pastoral situation. Yeah, he's in town. He's not shopping for cabins. He's not yeah. luxuriating in Christmas lights or any of the things that Ron does. He's he's helping people. And Ron's doing work. He's doing his job. Yeah. Which, which is, means he's going to thing we all do on occasion. Yeah, from time to time, for sure. Which means he's going to need to pamper himself next week at uh, at Soma. So Soma Soma Church and Day Spa. Uh, hopefully, Ron has booked himself a couple of extra days on the front end of Indie Live, Piper. So why don't you tell the audience about Indie Live, how and where they can get tickets, and why they should get tickets? Yeah, if my math is correct, I'm not real good with numbers. I'm more of a words guy. But if my math is correct, when this episode releases, it will be less than a week until Indie Live, which means two things. One, it's coming up very quickly, and so there's a sense of urgency to get your tickets. Two, you still have a chance to get your tickets. So if you go to happyrantpodcast.com, you will see right there near the top a big box that says events, and it's got a big orange button that says buy your tickets here. It's got all the details. So it's March 31st. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. at Soma Church and Day Spa in Indianapolis. That is the on the eve of the Gospel Coalition National Conference. So if you are in town or if you know somebody who's going to be there, or if you're within driving distance of Indianapolis, which is like that's like a five state area. There's there's a big there's a, a big radius that you could be within. That's right. You should get your tickets and take a trip to come join us for the live recording. We'll do uh, a couple live episodes and then we'll do a Q&A episode like we've done previously. The Q&A episode is is like the highlight of of our year, getting a chance to field questions, most of which are awesome, some of which are insane, occasionally they're musical, sometimes they're asinine, all of which is delightful. We're looking forward to it. So, go ahead and get your tickets and as a right, last We should do two of those Q&A ups. Yeah, on you know Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Uh, maybe we should just extend that time because that is way more fun than just us yammering on. Dude, about it really whatever. is. Yeah, it really is. Maybe we'll we'll have to run that by Ronald. He always has like really strong feelings about how we do these live shows. He does. Um, it's it's it like he's planning me. a church service, even though uh-huh. it's nothing like a church service. It has it has a little bit of that sort of gravitas in his mind. Like it, he's, it has to be done just so. There's a there's a liturgical element to this thing. Oh, Even though it's, and it's the, just us saying words about whatever. The great thing about Ronald, and and to be fair, I'm I'm kind of this way too. I think people people take me this way. Ronald is faux. He's faux laid back. Like people think he's laid back, but he's not laid back. Like he's actually very <laughs> particular about things, and uh, it's delivered in in kind of like a faux laid back way. But make no mistake about it. Like he he wants these things done in a certain way. That's true. Um, yeah, but both of you have artist sensibilities, meaning yeah. There yeah. is a sense of carefreeness, but yeah, you find those those particular things, whatever yeah, those things sure. are, and you you approach them and uh, and you find out real quick what what your convictions are and just how fierce you can be in defending them. That's true, man. That's true. But but don't we all have those things? I mean, oh, absolutely. 
we we all need to have. We probably should, you know, if there's nothing you feel convicted about, that would be that would be problematic too. But pipe, I am convicted about a couple of things related to indie live. Uh, one that it's going to be an amazing time and that people should get tickets. But two, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. I think indie is a great town, and people like to kind of like it's kind of a punchline. People kind of crap on indie. Um, but I love it, man. I used to live there. I think it's a great town. It's really fun. It's easy to get around in. Uh, have you spent much time in Indianapolis? Um, I have not spent an enormous amount of time, although the last Gospel Coalition conference was there, and so I was there for that. And I, I will agree, I was very pleasantly caught off guard by it. Because when I think about going to Middle America cities for conferences, I generally don't get excited, I'm going to be honest. The cities yeah, usually no, don't intrigue you. me. Um, yeah. But it's super walkable. There's a ton of of restaurants and other dining and beverage establishments in in and around the downtown area. It's also if you want to drive anywhere, I, I'm not. A, I don't think they're familiar with the term traffic. There doesn't seem to be any. Um, yeah. And it's just yeah, it's a it's a sort of a clean, cool town. It's not cool like hip. It's not Austin or Nashville or Portland or whatever. Right, but right, just right. it's easy to visit and enjoyable Most in definitely. that way. Most definitely. Yeah, people should visit Pipe. People should definitely visit. And uh, and when we're there, we may get a chance uh, to do things that uh, the famous people often get to do, which is signing things. Yeah, um, that's like rich people stuff. That's that's rich and famous people stuff. Uh, apparently just famous people stuff because I, I've gotten to sign some things over the years, but I'm, I'm not actually rich. So, But remember, uh, it, like Dave Ramsey says, if you do rich people stuff, you will get rich. So keep signing. And, right. and the money will come. That's the by promise. that logic. If I could just continue signing autographs, then yes. one day I will be rich. So, uh, Dave, I'm holding you to it. Pipe, did you get any blowback from the the Dave Ramsey um, experience that we had on last week's show? No, listeners. Uh, I mean, that you know, it's still relatively fresh, but listeners have been largely positive and waited with bated breath for us to rant on it, and seemingly are pleased with our. Uh, with our efforts, which I have to say, it didn't really take much effort, but um, yeah. they, they enjoyed the, uh, the the conversation we had, the fruitful Dude, great. discourse we had about doing rich people stuff. That's great, man. Yeah, I always try to think a few moves down the board as, as far as like what people are going to hate that we talk about. And I was kind of worried about this one. Like I, I thought for sure that we would get some some hate and some pushback because Dave Ramsey is like second to you know, Jesus himself for a lot of people. But, uh, but thankfully that, that hasn't been the case in, in my world either. It's been all positive. Um, pipe, before we get into this issue of what to sign and what not to sign, uh, tell us about a great Bible app. Um, the nice thing about a phone and about an app is that like, it just takes all the signing guesswork out of it. There's no way you can get that autographed really. So, um, tell us about this, uh, this new sponsor. That said, I will autograph telephones. If somebody hands me one, if you want, if you want Absolutely. me to, if you want me to sign your smartphone, I will do it. Um, that's, that's on the list of approved signing things. So dwell Bible app is our sponsor for the next few episodes. It is a, so it's a mobile app. You download it to whatever device you use and it is, it's an audio Bible app. So, um, but the cool thing about it is that it's not just set up as a chance to sort of listen to scripture like like an audiobook but it's set up with listening plans so you know what is it now it's late march um and that means that if you've started if you started the year with the intent to say read through the bible in a year read through the old testament or do something there's a decent chance you're derailed at this point because you're human new year's resolutions always go off the rails um so this is a good chance to sort of jump into a, a fresh way and and it 
it blends into the day better um, than than finding time to read often does. I listen to audiobooks all the time, just sort of in the margins of life, you know, walking the dog or mm-hmm. driving somewhere or working out or whatever. So when I think about replacing that with listening to, you know, a, at least spending some of that time listening to scripture, I think about I could get through an enormous amount just in the flow of life. And that's kind of what Dwell sets you up to do. Um, and check this out. After we did the promotion last week, we got a tweet from David James Allen Jr., who's a listener. Just a, He, he okay. has tweeted at us before, dedicated listener. And he just said, Dwell Bible is an amazing app. I backed them last year when they pitched it on Kickstarter. It's well worth the subscription. So that is uh, that is that's a listener who says that that's not just those of us who are doing rich people things on behalf yeah. of Dwell Bible app. So to get the offer, though, uh, if you go to dwellapp.io slash happyrant, that's dwellapp.io slash happyrant, you'll get a 33% discount off their annual subscription. So that's uh, it's only $19.99 a year. That's that's really cheap. It's $1.67 a month. You know, it's, I mean, if you divide that out, it's just a few cents a day. Um, I think that's well worth it. It's also affordable for People kind of in pretty much any place. So if you're a college student and you're broke, you can still afford that. Um, so again, dwellapp.io slash happy rant. They have 44 different plans. They have so there's there's different readers. There are there there's background music if you want it or not. So they cr- kind of create different experiences. But again, go to dwellapp.io slash happy rant. Check it out. And if you're not sure, they have a seven day free trial. You can test it out before you pay just to see how much you like it. So go go take advantage of that. Um, do what David Allen, David James Allen Jr. says, and try the awesome app. Pipe any traction on us becoming readers for uh, for the app itself. Well, we haven't made an official pitch to them. I, I need to I need to build out the proposal. I need to put together yeah. the spec sheet. I probably need some audio samples because um, we don't have any audio of us saying any words. I don't know where I would find that. Um, <laughs> exactly. So I'll have to we'll have to do that. But yeah, we need to we need to put together an official proposal with the right amount of just sort of gloss and shine and and impressiveness yeah. to it. Dude, we'll have to get the agents involved. You know, this this needs to be a full a full on like corporate movement. This is a hostile takeover. So uh, yeah, we're gonna need a PowerPoint. We're gonna need uh, all kinds of presentations. I want a flip chart. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna fly to wherever they are. Uh, where are they? Where are these guys based? Do you know? I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, it's well, the, it, in in this digital mobile age, they could be out of like Tulsa or. Spokane or like Augusta, Georgia. Who knows? I have no Dude, idea. Dude, I would be excited about Spokane. I would, I would do Spokane. Less so about that's Tulsa, probably but... the first time that phrase has ever been uttered. Yeah, is it is Spokane not like exotic and cool in a Pacific Northwest way? No, because when it's uh, it's on the other side of the state from Seattle, uh, and it's like okay. the high desert flatland. It's where like the weirdos in Washington live. You know, like the, the the preppers and the gun owners and the general crazies. It's okay. it's kind of close to Idaho. If that tells you oh, anything, sure, sure, so, yeah, yeah. It's that part of the state. Interesting, interesting. Well, maybe not Spokane, but uh, if if these guys are someplace cool, we'll fly there. We we know we know Ron has connections in the airline industry, so. Uh, we'll just meet him at whatever airport he's already at and uh, and hop a flight and go there. But um, Piper, apparently Trump, our president, uh, has been signing some Bibles. Is this true? Has he been autographing Bibles? 
Yeah, he he did. He he. So there was a there was a tragedy in Alabama. It was a mm-hmm. it was a national national a natural disaster, mm-hmm. um, and so he he went down there and spoke to a group at a church, and afterwards signed a number of Bibles. Which, if you read the media, it sounded like he signed every Bible in in uh, Alabama. And I yes, I use yeah. the media just as a general term. You read the media. Yeah. I sound <laughs> yes, I, I sound that. like a grandmother right now. That's a very old man. You thing, read the I... media on the Googles with the interwebs. Right. Um, so if you yeah if you followed the story it made it sound like he signed you know eight thousand Bibles in gold sharpie and reality was probably half a dozen or something but the funny thing about it was that he signed the front covers of the Bibles like he was signing the front cover yes That's like incredible. like he was signing a poster of himself or yeah oh, or like a, like a glossy eight by ten and it was yeah it was. It was really amusing, and then it led to this whole thing where people are like, they're creating outrage out of it, as one does, and yeah, yeah. calling it sacrilege. And then you get the other side of people who are like, actually, this is kind of a normal thing in certain church cultures growing up, where a guest speaker comes in and you have them sign in your in your Bible, usually not in on your, your Bible. Bible. Well, yeah. dude, and with most Bibles, there's like 20 pages of front matter. And one you of know, them you, is you, often like, it, it's, it says like guest preachers or something. It, they they yeah. used to make Bibles with that in there. Dude, they used to make them like high school yearbooks. You know, you can write your little inscription and, and you know, be done with it. But uh, but Trump signed the cover. That's fascinating. Now, Pipe, let me lay a question on you. How far do you think you would have to go down the, like, theological idiot food chain to find somebody who would sign a Bible? You know what I mean? So if you start at the top with, like, I don't know, your dad and and Tim Keller and these guys that we really respect, like up up at the top of the pyramid. Like how how far do you have to go down to find somebody like who's signing a Bible? See, I I think I think almost all those guys would. Really? Not not necessarily. I think they would all gently push back and, you know, and say something like, like, oh, really? They'd be like, do you have a bulletin or? Yeah, I mean, I heard I heard one one of such influencers say, you know, his standard response is, well, I didn't write that one, so I don't think I should sign it. Um, Which, you know, there's sort of it's sort of a cutesy, clever, it doesn't embarrass the person kind of thing. And it's not sure. sure. But, you know, if like a 12 year old kid comes up and is like, would you sign my Bible? I yeah. my guess is that any of those guys would, and I like my dad told me he used to get his Bible signed growing up because he grew up yeah. in South Carolina, and they'd have guest preachers come through, you know, White Oak Baptist Church, and uh, and he said it was he said yeah they just that was that was a thing you did it was sort of a record of who had preached or who had yeah. presented the gospel, which is you know there's an oddity to it, but at the same time it's like it, yeah. if it's a cultural thing and nobody's thinking about it, you know, kind of whatever. Right. right. Would you yeah, sign a Bible, Ted? Uh, I doubt it. That would just feel weird to me. Um, and, and I would use humor. I would like make a joke out of it and, and, you know, make myself the punchline or whatever. But, but yeah, I don't know that I would, man. Cause that's, that's like a pretty big deal, but you're, you're kind of winning me over with this whole, like some of the Bibles have a page in the front matter just for, for that purpose. And maybe if it had that, I would, I would do it. Um, but yeah, it would just feel weird. I feel like there's a logistical thing to this two pipe where, the Bibles have that real sort of, you know, wispy, thin paper. And yeah. like if you pressed really hard, it would go through. And, and like I, I just – I don't think Bibles are made for signing. Or the other, the other kind of paper on those front pages is like – it's like cardboard. It's like laminated cardboard almost. And so yeah. signing that, it's it's like using a, a dry erase thing. So if you try to sign it in, you know, like a the rolling ball ink pen, it's just – you're just yeah. smearing ink all over the Bible, which seems to me probably more defacing than putting my own name on there. 
Yeah, you would have to travel with all kinds of implements. Piper, let me ask you this. What's the last autograph you got? Like, last, as an the adult. The last one I asked for? The last one you asked for. The last, like, autograph where you went up to somebody and you asked for their autograph. Because I feel like this this sort of behavior, now, it's different in the book business. Like, you, you right. go to these book signings, you get a book signed by somebody. But I honestly couldn't tell you the last time I did that. I don't think I've ever gotten a book signed. I have had um, people give me books that they have signed without me asking for it. But again, sure. that's, that's sort of like being in the in the book world, and usually yeah. it's sort of like a hey, thanks for help, you know, supporting this whatever. Thanks for it's your sort of, blurb sort of, or like whatever. A yeah, thing. yeah, um, yeah. I'm trying to. I think I think the last thing I got signed was, uh-huh. I think I got two things signed at the same event, and it was probably ten years ago, close to Dude, that. What was the event, and who'd you get them signed? It was by? the International Christian Retailing Show. Ooh. Um, I don't remember what city it was in. I'm certain it was it was probably like Orlando in July because that's how Christians do retail shows. <laughs> nice. Um, also known as hell. Um, Just a breezy 130 degrees yep, during the yeah, day with a with a lovely swampiness in the air. Just exactly gold, gold bond haven. Yeah. Um, I got I got a uh, I got Mark Driscoll to sign one of his books, and I got J.I. Packer to sign one of his books. There you go. So Drisky. I, I was one for wow. t- I was one for two on getting orth- <laughs> Orthodox church leaders to sign things. Dude, there you go. There you go. That's not bad though. I mean, one for two if you if you if you hit that in baseball, you're going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and if you so, shoot that uh, in basketball, you're pretty strong. You could play for a exactly. happy rant team against Spurgeon's College. By the way, we did get some great submissions via Dude, via yeah, online. I was gonna say we should we, we should uh, do some personnel talk later maybe, in the Yeah, well maybe we should maybe we should save that for the live app because then if anybody anybody who has submitted is there, we could do, you know, sort of a tryout. Dude, I love that. Yeah, I want to. I want to get. I want to get eyeballs on it. I have man. to say, I don't, don't want to sign anybody. With there, that, are, there so. are a lot of uh, a lot of people with a lot of spirit, not a uh-huh. lot of height. A lot okay, of un- a lot of undersized guards who can't dribble. That's uh, okay. that seems to be a nice. theme. So nice. We're That's a good skill. Shaping set. up nicely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we'll we'll take what's there, and we're gonna we're gonna travel up to Spurgeon College and and get a win, no doubt. Just lay but, a beat uh, down on them. Absolutely. Dude, my last autograph, I remember it very vividly. So this was this was in the early 2000s. I was covering basketball for ESPN the magazine. And I was at the Palace of Auburn Hills and like backstage in sort of the in sort of the media worlds, you're not you're not supposed to ask for autographs. And in, in fact, I think it even says like on the back of the credential, you know, no cheering in the press box and no yeah. asking for autographs. Basically, you got to you got to act like a, an adult, you know. Um, so I'm back there and I'm walking around before the games and I'd kind of like gotten all my interviews done and I was just hanging around and, uh, Desmond Howard was there and this was like right after he retired from the league and I had interviewed him, you know, one of his last years in the league, I interviewed him for, for an ESP in the magazine thing. And, um, my buddy Chris was having a, a birthday like the next weekend and he's a huge Michigan fan, went to Michigan and I was like, man, I got to get this credential signed by Desmond Howard. So I whipped off my credential. I was like, hey, would you mind signing this? And um, and he was super gracious, very cool about it, scribbled his name on it. And then I like framed it and gave it to my buddy the next weekend. But uh, but that's it, man. I think that's the last autograph um, I've gotten in my life. And I used to love getting them when I was a kid. Like I would go to 
Indianapolis Colts training camps and games and just get get crazy amounts of autographs. That's so funny. I've always hated asking for. I don't like asking people for anything. I mean, just yeah. as a, like I I don't like if a waiter brings me the wrong food. I don't ask them to bring me the right food. I just to have this. I don't I don't like asking people for things. Dude, I find that endearing though. That's a good quality. Or neurotic, maybe both. I'm not sure, but. Uh, sure. But I mean, I remember. I, so I lived five blocks away from the Metrodome growing up, and uh, mm-hmm. you know where the Twins and the Vikings play. So I went to ton of tw- ton of Twins games, and this was in the era, the late '90s, early 2000s, especially the late '90s when nobody went to baseball games. The Twins yeah. drew like eight thousand fans a game. So if yeah. you went before or after the game, and you knew where the the entrance to the players' lot was. You'd, there'd be like four people standing there waiting for autographs, yeah. so you could get any twin signature. I had friends who did this pretty regularly they have you know 20 signatures on their baseball gloves and all this and i just wouldn't ask i wouldn't Mm. i wouldn't do it i would sort of stand back and it would they would have had to miraculously toss me something they had signed or you know and that was it so yeah i just i don't i don't ask for things and even the what even the last ones i got they were at a book signing which is and i think it was put on by the publisher i worked for at the time which means yeah. that it just sort of came with like the job where I was like, hey, I'll get one of those two kind of thing. Not yeah. not like approaching somebody and asking. I don't ask famous people for photos. I don't no. ask for autographs. So just all of those things. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I'd rather just see if they're a nice person. Exactly. Piper, do you like the book signing? Do you like that whole thing as the as the author? No, or do I you hate feel them. Like it's weird. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. Like. I don't mind if somebody – so if I've spoken or something and somebody comes up and says, would you sign this? I don't mind that at all because that no. that feels like there's been some level of thought engagement. You know, There's been speaking or we're having a conversation. But sitting at a table while people just file through – part of the reason I hate it is because I'm not famous enough. Yeah. And so you know, there's a decent chance seven people are going to come through the line over the course of 30 <laughs> Dude, minutes. Right, right. And so the only way you cannot look like a total loser is to extend every conversation about five minutes. Totally. Which totally. is real awkward. So, and there's an art and a science to that where yeah. you, you look at the size of the crowd and you look at the number of people in the line and you go, all right, in order to not be sitting there in total like silent, angry shame, I've got I've to chit chat like crazy, you know? Um, dude, the, the worst one of those for me was, uh, it was before Katie Y got super famous, but we had written the books together and we were speaking at, uh, the Moody pastors conference and it, the Moody pastors conference, I think is emblematic of a lot of Christian conferences mm-hmm. in that they had a really good like speakers lineup, but they tried to do a lot of things on the cheap. So one of the events was like in a basement cafeteria of a dormitory on Moody's campus. Well, and to be they, fair, Moody's Cafeteria is in the basement. I mean, it's literally yeah. like you go down, you go through a, a dingy beige tunnel, and you yeah. end up in a dimly lit – it looks like an old fellowship hall with, like, round tables in it. It's, oh, dude, totally. It yeah. smells like a church basement. It looks like a church basement. It was grim. And uh, and they had a little table set up for us down there with, like, a little pile of our books on it. And they, their logic was, like, oh, we'll, we'll do your book signing, like, concurrent with a mealtime. That way everybody will be there. But – the problem with that was you saw everybody filtering in and like having that little internal monologue of, are these guys worth my time? Do I want to go over there? Do I want to engage? <laughs> and I had to, I had to see that moment times like a thousand guys. And, uh, yeah, I got to tell you, that wasn't a, that wasn't a great evening. And I think that was the, that was the evening that, um, Al Mohler fell asleep while KDY was talking to him. Um, which what, was was, wasn't the last time that would happen. I'm sure. 
<laughs> that's true. That's true. I think Mueller has narcolepsy, though, like legit, which is kind of a fun thing. Well, that's probably because he sleeps 11 and a half minutes a night. But you exactly. know, it's hard to he's stay like, awake when you don't sleep other times. Yeah, he's like a bat. That guy's I, amazing. You know, thinking about that experience or I think my my worst one, and I haven't done a ton of book signings. Again, not famous enough, which is yeah. which is perfectly fine. I enjoy writing books. I enjoy talking yeah. to people about books. I enjoy speaking about books. I, I don't care about marketing uh, my own books much. Um, I there was a there was a public library in oh near Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Ooh, nice. And, uh, and they <laughs> they put on like a readers event. So they brought in different different local authors and artists, and then people who they could bring in from sort of the surrounding areas, so like Birmingham, Nashville, whatever. Yeah. And they they brought me in to speak on the Curious Christian, and so I spoke to a room of, I don't know, there couldn't have been more than 30, 40 people in there. And it it wasn't a massive room, so it didn't feel totally empty, but it felt pretty empty. And then they had a table set up like in a back hallway to do a book signing. And yeah, like six people came through. And so I had like driven down that morning from Nashville to Muscle Shoals, I don't know, two, three hours, whatever it is, talked to a relatively small group of people, signed for next to nobody. And I, I was like, I think this is the last time I'd do a book signing. Yeah. Period. So you're like, sweet, I made forty bucks. You know. Well, no, the, Don't the spend sales it all in of the one book place. were the sales of the book were, were managed by, you know, a, a local bookstore, which was fine. Yeah, yeah. But what what that also taught me was anytime I go somewhere, mm-hmm. I really prefer it if the host people take care of all the book stuff. Oh yeah. For when they're sure. like, Oh, you can for bring sure. your books with you. I'm like, No, why don't you bring my books for me? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, ask definitely. because again, I don't ask for things. So this is yeah. my passive aggressive way of criticizing everybody who's told me I can bring my own books. Oh, dude, same. Yeah, I just agree to everything like right, right out of hand, and then I just grow bitter and resentful about it <laughs> until I until I speak of it on my podcast a decade later. And the thing um, is, unlike you and Ron, I I'm probably more aggressive personality wise, but I actually uh, am pretty laid back about a lot of things. I just kind of yeah. don't care about a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, same. I have my issues, but. Yeah. So this is not so much bitterness as much as it is sort of like this is my my roundabout way of saying, hey, if any of you ever consider inviting me to speak, please take care of the books. And, you know, you yeah. have, have your own volunteers take care of it, sell them yourselves, buy them and give them away to people. I don't care. Just don't make me do it. I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. No, nobody wants to deal with that. Dude, my saddest book signing was uh, and I think I've told this story in the air before. Um, it was after my first book, Facing Tyson, and I'd won the Michigan Notable Book Award. Um, which is not a big deal really, but only in like MFA type circles do people care about stuff like that. But I had won this award and it came with like a, a book tour. So like part of it was we're sending you on a book tour, but the book tour was, um, you're kind of going to go around to all these sad libraries in Michigan where probably nobody will show up to your signing. Um, so I did a, I did a signing in, uh, there's a town in Michigan called Bad Axe. So B-A-D space Axe. So I, I did a signing at the Bad Axe Public Library. Um, that one was actually pretty great. Uh, but the saddest one was right downtown in Detroit. They've got this beautiful, like gorgeous old Carnegie library Mm -hmm. and it's right on Woodward Ave. And they have this huge, like gilded room set up with probably a hundred kind of red velvet chairs and a big pile of my books at the, at the front. And, um, the signing was me and three homeless guys who had just come in out of the cold so like <laughs> that had, that describes almost every downtown public library in the nation. Oh, for sure. Yeah, downtown public libraries are basically just like 
shelters at this point. They're, yeah, but, they're uh, they're like the trailers they used to set up by ice rinks in Minnesota. It's the warming exactly. house. It is the warming Dude, yeah, house. Yeah, it's, it's just a gigantic warming house with lots of books in it. But uh, so yeah, I just ended up chatting with these homeless guys for like an hour about boxing. They were actually pretty knowledgeable. And uh, they ask good questions, but that's that's probably my saddest book signing story. But all this to say, Piper, I hope people bring weird stuff for us to sign in indie. I feel like we always get some good like signing opportunities. I feel like it, at live events in the past, I've signed like copies of other people's books, which has been fun. Um, I'm not above doing that. So you could bring a copy of like any theological book. Whose and, books? Um, okay, so whose books wouldn't you sign? Dude, I wouldn't sign the book of like an author that I really respect. Um, okay. But if it's like somebody in our tribe who's like our age, who it would be a little bit of a like goof to 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 sign it, just just like in a fun way, right. like I would totally do. Like I'd sign at Jared C. Wilson's books. I'd sign Katie Wise books. Like I'm I'm signing books from guys our age in our tribe. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm doing that all day long. Yeah. But you get to like the, the Packers and the Sproles of the world and you're like, nah, yeah. <laughs> that, that seems disrespectful. I'll Matt Chandler. Yes. Yeah, J. Packer, absolutely. No. Dude, or even like, you know, Leif Anger or David Foster right. Wallace or whatever. Like I'm not signing those cause it's not funny. Like it's gotta be funny. You know, no, it's like that, be that actually ruins something. You're like, no, if you want to ruin this, I'll just take it off your hands. Actually. Dude, exactly. I, will like, I, I would love you. to have another copy. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring one back to my office, but, um, but yeah, no, uh, it's, it's gotta be for humorous value and it's gotta be a certain like mid-level reformed author. Like I would love to sign a, an at Jared C. Wilson book from like a decade ago or like a Colin Hansen book or, um, All of I don't know. Ranky's books. I'll sign any of them. Dude. Yeah. Or, Ooh, this would be fun. Like any garbage emergent church book from the mid two thousands, like yes. that you had on your shelf in like that. Ooh, I'm checking this out kind of phase. So like you're, your your early Rob Bell books, your like Tony Jones books, yep. just hot all, garbage. All copies of Velvet Elvis. Yeah, uh, I'll sign all copies of Blue Like Jazz, even though I actually really like that book. Um, yeah. Uh, any Brian, yeah, any Brian McLaren, any Tony Jones. Oh, McLaren, yeah, dude, I would love to see some hot garbage emergent books uh, at Indie Live. So anything if you, I can if, lower the value of on those, <laughs> I mean, that's right, that's right. No, I love it. I love it. That would be a lot of fun, man. Um, so hopefully we get that. Hopefully people bring us a lot of like '80s baseball swag, like we talked about, before. which we won't sign. We'll just be very appreciative for. Yeah, we're just gonna appreciate it and love it, and then hopefully people bring their basketball resumes because uh, I want to sign at least two players like live on the air uh, at the event. So this this has got to be part basketball business and part radio business, uh, which is how we like it, Piper. But speaking of the entertainment industry, which really we are we are in via this podcast and via Christian Publishing. Um, somebody asked the question a couple of months ago on, on social media and it's a great one. Uh, what about entrance music for reform pastors? <laughs> so like wrestlers entrances or like yes. walk up music in baseball, which is a thing that I love. This is a conversation I love having, um, because I, I just love the idea of walk up music in general. Um, so for a pastor, like walking up to the podium to give their, um, you know, 55 minute reform church sermon, uh, what, what are some of these guys walking up to Piper? Have you given this any thought? No, but, uh, we think best when we're, when we're thinking on the fly. So I, yeah, I haven't, yeah. I didn't come with like a list for this one. That seems that, that, yeah. that would be out of character. Dude, um, so I'm just going to, I'm going to lob some names out and let's just workshop these in light of what we think their walk up music is going to be. All right. Um, I'm going to start with some easy ones and, and, you know, we'll just see where we go. What about Drisky? 
Okay, so the I mean the obviously the thing that comes to mind first it's like the Rorschach test on for it's mm-hmm. like the musical Rorschach. The first thing that came yeah. to mind is like uh, Bulls on Parade by Rage oh, Against the Machine. Except that that's too cool, right? Well, except and it's like, and it's a little obvious. Yeah, it's a little obvious, and also like I don't think that he has that much taste. You know, no, so, no. So you go to like Corn. I'd go to Corn. I'd go to like some some really bad early two thousand. Oh, you know who it is? He Ooh. would he would play a song by P.O.D. Do you Dude, I was P.O.D.? trying to think of that band. Yeah, I was I was thinking P.D.F. And I'm like, no, that's the document <laughs> thing. Well, I'm like P.D. P.D.F. P.D. Well, then P90X, there was, yeah, yeah there was P.O.D. Then know. there was also P.F.R. But they were more like kind of yeah. Christian alt rocky, you know, right. high voice kind of thing. Little, little no, Savage Gardeny. Yeah, Drisky would totally do P.O.D. And it would I, be I, that song alive. I could also see P.O.D. him doing like Lincoln Park. He could, yeah, I could, you see, know, sort, I could of, see. sort of broody and angry. And yeah, if uh, there was any Linkin Park song with like any any like even pseudo Christian connotations, I could see him. You know, I, I could see him leaning into that big time. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's the right vibe. But yeah, yeah, Bulls on Parade is a little too like. No, that was kind of an anthem. He doesn't he doesn't deserve an anthem. He gets he gets yeah. POD or he gets Lincoln Fred Park. Durst. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he gets Fred Durst. I love it. He kind of is the Christian Fred Durst. Um, in a lot, in a lot of ways, peaked in the early two thousands. Um, kind of a punchline now. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something to it. Um, all right. So Drisky, we have taken care of. Let's, uh, okay. Let's let's lean into our tribe a little bit more now. What about uh, what what about reforms? Greatest frat boy, Matty Chan, Matt Chandler, Houstonian. He's a yeah. he's a he's a beef tycoon now. Um, what is what is Matty Chan listening to on the way up to That's the podium? That's a really good question. Um, yeah. I mean, so he's Texan through and through, but but he's not, you know, he's not going to go like George Strait. That's mm. that does not the right vibe. Um, yeah, he's not a true frat boy. Like he's not going to go like Nickelback. Dude, Dave uh, Matthews Band for Channing. Yeah, that's we're getting closer yeah. to the range. I think there. we're getting closer. We're getting um, closer. Let's see who else is kind of in the the Dave Matthewsy. Creed is a little too sticky. Yeah, yeah. Dude, what's what's uh, what's the quintessential Creed track? I hate that wide open. Yeah, with arms wide open. Yeah, I was out. I was out uh, grabbing dinner with a friend uh, last night, and that came on, and we both just sort of like we dropped our forks and we're kind of like, "What is (laughs) happening here?" Oh no! And also, uh, can you take me higher? Is, yeah. I mean, is 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 that is that the ethos of Chandler? Are we? I feel like kind of. I kind of feel kind like Dave of? Matthews might be a little bit more on point. Yeah, yeah. I could I could see I could see Channy driving around like in college. No, I know who the, it is. It's John who, Mayer. He. Oh, totally. He it, is yes. John Mayer. <laughs> it, he it is, is John Mayer. It is a John Mayer song. That that is the entrance music and the vibe and the ethos. Dude, and Channy drove around in like the early 2000s in college in the truck that his dad bought him. He, and, he, and he played Your Body is a Wonderland for his girlfriend at the time and, and just kind of like cocked an eyebrow. Just kind of like, how, how is this landing? Right. That kind of thing. No, you know? no comments. Just how's no this, comments. Is this being yeah. received? Dude, I'm just kind of reading the room right now. A little John Mayer, a little Your Body is a Wonderland, and, and we're just going to see how it, Be- how it plays. Because that's, that's so subtle. Yeah, very subtle. Very that's frat boy subtle though. Like that is subtlety for a frat. And then boy. he said, "Are you tracking with me? Are you tracking?" With yeah, me? yeah. Are you tracking with me? Huh? No, I love it. I love it. Okay, Channy. So Channy's taken care of. Um, Drisky's taken care of. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, let's do another young guy, and then let's do some old guys. Who's who's another good young guy, Pi? Uh, let's see. What what about? Oh, this is going to be a tough one. Just just personality yeah. wise. What about Platt? Sure. Yeah, David, David Platt. What about Platty? Yeah, it's got to be something like not whimsical at all. So it's got to be kind of steeped in misery and pain. Yeah, real, um, real sort of. Uh, it's some yeah, something real navel gazy. I mean, Nirvana's yeah. too dark, but that's that's the like that yeah, emotional kind of, feel, but less yeah. aggressive. Dude, I got one, and this one, this song is too fun to listen to, but it kind of it kind of lands, I think, content wise. What about, uh, do you know the song The Black Parade by My Chemical Romance? Yes. Do you remember this angsty, like, early 2000s <laughs> pop punk song? Yes. Which I actually really love. But Like, but I, neither, I will go to the war for that pop song. pop and punk could not apply to Platt, though. Like, That's he, the problem. He needs to problem. be, like, singer-songwriter. Yeah, like, like, yeah, uh, you're right. Let's see, who... Like a like a Sturgill Simpson or something like that is so is kind of miserable and yes. in, incomprehensible at times. Yeah. Or uh, who who is the uh, shoot? I always forget his name. Who's the guy who did this the the song Alleluia originally? Um, oh, uh, yeah. Music people are going to hate uh, us for this. Yeah. Well, sorry, it's listeners. Not, it's not is, Jeff Beck, is it? No, no, <laughs> no. It's uh, keep keep talking. You you think of something. I'm gonna I'm gonna do show prep yeah. on on the air. Do a little show it prep works so well. Um, it'll probably come to me while I'm... It would be some version of that, but like the least fun version of that song. I think that's what Platty's walking up to. Jeff Buckley is what this says, but that's not right. That's what I meant, Jeff Buckley. Leonard Cohen. Yeah. It's a, Leonard Cohen was the, was the one yeah. that I was thinking of. I feel like, yeah, like a Leonard Cohen song is sort of perfect for Platt. Because here's the other thing. Cohen in 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 writing his music was never he never stopped writing the same song. He was never yeah. satisfied with it. There was always like, oh, well, it's dude, not and that's perfect. It's not, exactly. That's so Platty. Dissatisfaction I, is the is is the new satisfaction. I think it's Leonard Cohen. Dude, speaking of an angry guy, what about Paul Washer? What's Paul Washer walking up to the podium to? Yeah, he's he's an interesting one because like Driscoll was sort of like you know spilling testosterone everywhere and you know getting yeah. it all over people whereas washer's just like it's got to be something real he's self-loathing like this, un- he's this little yeah this this unassuming person who then is just like oh there's a lot of rage in there yeah um let's see what would that look like dude i used to listen to this band in the 90s that's so like angry like i'm embarrassed to tell people about it but i had a i had a great experience on my birthday last weekend. I had my buddy Matt over, and, and me and Matt were we were sitting in my cigar room, uh, having a cigar, listening to music, and uh, we were we were kind of like. By the way, cigar room, rich people mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, totally, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know the the geez, who's the guy? Um, yeah, he he would approve of that, and he would smoke a cigar in my room Dave for Ramsey. sure. Ramsey, That's thank you. But uh, but we were having this conversation about like '80s and '90s metal, and uh, he was he was kind of like. What did, did you ever listen to Pantera? And I could tell he was he was nervous to ask me. And I was like, yes, dude. I devoted like three years of my listening life to Pantera. When I was in my angriest, like weightliftingest, like college meathead years, like those were Pantera years big time. So maybe maybe something from that like vulgar display of power album from Pantera from the early 90s. You know, Washer. we've now delved into it, a uh, an area of music about which I know nothing. I'd. 
I, Dude, I yeah, might so, recognize Pantera if I heard it, but I couldn't name a single thing off the top of my head. So theologically speaking, Pantera had this song that Washer would like. It was called I'm Broken. And uh, I, th- I think that's Washer's It's a strong music. start. By, yeah, by yeah. title alone, I think it fits. The I question is, do they have one that's called You Are Broken? Yeah, well, all their other songs were kind of about like – just chaos and, and mayhem and just kind of everything being broken. Have so you seen I suppose the, uh, have you seen the song? Have you seen the, the movie, the wedding singer, Adam? Oh, Sandler? Of course, dude. I love that. Movie. Okay. So, you know, there's the amazing song that he's, you know, he has in there. Would somebody please kill me? I want to effing die. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like that could potentially work except for the profanity might not fit washer. Super. That's well. true. That's true. Dude. Also, John Lovitz was so funny in that movie. <laughs> Yes, he was. Yeah, he had like a three-year run in the in the late '90s doing that Sandler stuff, where he was just like out of his mind. Um, all right, let's do another one. So we got Washer taken care of. Um, what about uh, what about JD Greer? I've got an idea for this one, but I want to hear your thoughts first. Man, Greer's a tough one to pin down <clears throat> because he's not uh, he's not super out there personality wise. Like mm. the the more sort of bold someone is personality wise, the easier they are to pin down. But I feel like that plants him firmly in like pop music territory. You totally, know, just, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking like squarely in pop music. Yeah, I think it it's got it's got to be. It can't be like girly pop because he's yeah. he's a manly man. Oh, for um, sure. Is he a manly man? I don't know anything about him except the way he looks. Yeah, I mean he's. You know he's a he he, he likes yeah. he likes cigars and he likes steaks. In fact, I think in North Carolina, near where he lives, there's a steakhouse is that, that is a cigar lounge that has a plaque with his name on the wall because of his his patronage. Um, that's a rumor I've heard. We'll go with it because wow. that's what we do. Um, and yeah, and he you know he's a fitness dude. That makes guy me like and, him more, man. Yeah. yeah so he's yeah. he's he's a. He's like a manly dad, not like not like macho man, but you know, dude. I'm thinking, I'm thinking some pop like bro country for him. Hmm. Like not not full on bro country, but like, dude. Did I did I ever share with you on the on the program that I purchased a bro country album a couple of years ago and I really like it. And I know you hate bro country, and yeah, I normally do I'm, too. I'm but, uh, I'm um, processing right now, trying to do yeah. the if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all thing right now. Dude, so the 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 outfit is Dan and Shay, and they had this song on the radio, and I heard it. Which one's and, uh, the girl? Uh, they're they're both guys, unfortunately. Oh, okay. That's 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 what's difficult about it. Um, so I hear this song on the radio, and I'm like, man, I really like this thing. And um, I don't know, I was on I was on Amazon one day, so I just bought the record. And uh, I got to tell you, man, I I really really enjoy it, but it's uh, it's a little embarrassing. Um, so I'm I'm airing all my musical dirty laundry today, but I'm thinking something in that bro country space. Yeah, for, I could <clears throat> I could see that. Yeah, we're not gonna it, not like the not that he's not Keith Urban. That no. it's not not Florida Georgia Line. Yeah, not uh, not Luke Bryan. Right, like Jason Aldean sounds about right. Dude, there you go. Yeah, you don't have to be super embarrassed of it, but it's but you, know, you it's should still... be but you should be a little embarrassed by it. Absolutely. Now I got another one for you, and this one's gonna take us in a different direction. Okay. What about our good friend at Jared C. Wilson? And the reason I say it's going to take us in a different direction, like cleverness is important to at Jared C. Wilson. So like in a way that it isn't for any of the other guys that we've talked about. So like being clever and like um, being that guy about the song, like there's got to be some clever cleverness like layer to it. So what do you think? Hmm. Yeah, he's. 
it's got to have a, a level of sort of gravity to it because he takes things seriously, but also has a yeah. sense of humor. So it can't be like a Jason Isbell song because dude, no, and it can't be Radiohead. That's too yeah, like well, PhD program. Ugh, Radiohead, yeah. yeah. Any preacher who, I mean, yeah, the the preachers who are Radiohead should just stop talking. Um, let's yeah. see, which is like three fourths of them in our tribe, right? That's mm-hmm. such bad taste. Radiohead is headache inducing. Um, yeah. Dude, Radiohead is the band that you have to say you like if you want a certain level of like artistic gravitas, but that <laughs> nobody actually likes to listen to. Um, in in that vein, though, this is this is one like that with a little bit of playfulness. What about like Elvis Costello for at Jared C? They kind of look alike, which is why which is why I went that direction. <laughs> Don't they kind of look alike, Elvis Costello and and uh, and our boy at Jared C? I can I can see I can see a vague similarity. Here's the thing: you mentioned Bro Country earlier. I think he actually yeah. likes that music. <clears throat> really, that's fascinating to me. At least he 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 occasionally posts online about how his kids make fun of him for listening to it. So yeah, that it it I don't know if he likes it or if he likes trolling his children. Dude, uh, is there any like one of which country? I approve of way more than the other? There, the, what am I, what am I saying? There's all kinds of hipster country. Like, just go to Nashville. But it, yeah. it would be one of these hipster. <laughs> Have you country seen fedoras? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. It, but but it has to be one that that is. Yeah, there has to be some fun in it. Yeah. You know, I you know who it is? It's Brad oh. Paisley. Okay. <laughs> Which is not <laughs> hipster country. It's yeah. it's like country country. But yeah. but like a lot of his songs are are humorous. Yeah, and then he also, you know, he does a bunch. Of, so yes, I think <clears throat> Jared C. Wilson, and we know you're listening. You, your walk up music is Brad Paisley. Dude, I got a, I got a banger for you here, man. All right, this this one's gonna go. This is gonna go some in some interesting directions. Oh boy, what about the uh, what what about the angry elf, man? What about what about Owen Straycan? What's he walking <laughs> up to? <laughs> it, well, Eminem is the first thing that came to mind. Yes, um, yes, I think. Which song would be the question? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, "Lose Yourself" is is low hanging fruit, but I think yeah. it, I think it probably works. I think the real know? Slim Shady because I think because because I feel like he yeah he would go to sort of the original yeah the, you know back back to like bleach blonde hair yeah Eminem so real Slim I like Shady it. I think that's that's a possibility. Um, yeah. It'd be very ironic if he used the song "White America." Um, Ooh, interesting. that's a very angry song. Yeah. Yeah. I think real slim shady would, uh, would, would, I like that. That works for work. me, man. That definitely works for me. Let's do at least one old guy. Um, let's do an old guy. That's not your dad. What about, what about <laughs> Timmy K? Timmy K. Oh man. The old guys are tough. Yeah. Um, dude, I, to me, it would be, it would be Simon and Garfunkel cause it's New York and he would probably be like, yeah, I hung out with like. I had tea with Art Garfunkel last week, and you know we were we were talking about the you know the whatever and the concert in Central Park in the seventies. I don't know. I feel like it would be some Simon and Garfunkel. I, I, yeah, that, I mean that's that's a really good one. Um, you know, something he sort of sneaky loved back in the day. But, yeah. So I'm going to weave together themes from past episodes. So this is yeah. this. You know, when we were talking about if the if pastors were going to start businesses, my recollection is that we gave Timmy K an art house theater. We did. So yeah. I think we would go with the soundtrack Ooh. from an arty sort of film. Okay. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know which one this would be. Wasn't there? There was a song 
or there was a there was a movie about country music musicians starring Jeff Bridges. Oh yeah, um, um, I saw. Years it. Ago. Was it? Uh, it had Thunder in the name, didn't it? Yeah. Um, what the heck was that called? I enjoyed it. He was an alcoholic. It was kind of just like yeah. Right, right down the fairway, Jeff Bridges stuff. But it was, it was really <laughs> yeah. Well, good. you can't tell if he's sober or drunk because he's Jeff Bridges. Um, yeah, exactly. So that that's a possibility. We've got the the recent one, um, A Star Is Born. Oh, that's a little bit too recent and pop. Maybe like A Star mm-hmm. Is Born, the old version. The, okay, like a Chris Christopherson, yes, Bab Streisand track from the seventies yeah. version of A Star Is Born. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, I, I, like I think it. I would go something like that route. Nice man. I like Although that a lot. Simon and Garfunkel is probably closer to the truth, I still think I still think we go Star is Born, Barbara Streisand edition. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Dude, any uh, any like personnel that we that we've missed? Okay, let's go outside the camp again because yeah. we would be remiss if we did not give Ferdy a song. Stephen Furtick needs a song. Ferdy definitely needs a song. Um, it can't be a boy band as obvious as that is. All right. All right. So yeah, just, I, I know that's where your mind went. Cause that's yeah, where mine went. Sure. Um, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to go like, I'm going to, I'm going to go modern. I'm going to okay. go hip hop. I'm going to go Drake because I think Ferdy is trying to look like, Drake. <laughs> I was going to say, cause you've said that they're like distant cousins. Um, I think they must be. I think Drake yeah. is good, but I feel like Drake I mean that's really good, but I also feel like Ferdy is so much more like milk toast in terms yeah. of I mean, and if you're more milk toast than Drake, that's saying something. I feel yeah. like it would have to be one of those those seasonal jams, you know, like the the summer hit song mm-hmm. from. Uh, so who was the was it uh, LMFAO did the song a few you know like five oh, or six yeah, years yeah, yeah. ago? Um, yeah. And then it would it be was, one of those songs. It's almost like joke, like a joke song. Like yeah, joke like, is, are, is this ironically fun, or do we actually think this is fun? What's happening here? But yeah, yeah. I think it would be like an, an an LMFAO song. I don't even know if they exist anymore. I kind of hope they don't. But uh, that I think that fits the bill. Yeah, that type of thing yeah. definitely fits the bill. Um, Pipe, are you like versed enough in sort of '90s hip hop to talk about joke like '90s hip hop songs for a second? Like is that a, is that a my, deep dive you've taken? I can do my best. I don't, you know, I know Dude, I know so there were, I enjoy listening to 90s hip hop. There were a couple great ones, man. So you had like Just a Friend by Biz Marquee. Are you familiar <laughs> with the song? Yes. Almost um, anything by ODB. Dude, yeah, almost anything by ODB, The Humpty Dance by Digital Underground, <laughs> yes. which is like, yeah, I've listened to that song because of a conversation that I had. It's a long story, but I I've, I've listened to that song. Yeah. Like three or four times in the last week. I mean, baby got, thing, baby got back is a classic. Yeah, uh, it's one that you're like, oh, this is this is not like this is not artistic. It's just entertainment, dude. It's not artistic, but like the Humpty Dance totally holds up as a thing. Um, <laughs> like if somebody dropped that song in 2019, <laughs> which just, you couldn't do. Sorry, that sentence. The Humpty <laughs> Dance totally holds up as a thing. Oh, yeah. I just I. I wish I had a different way of titling these episodes because I always just sort of give like the topics, but like yeah, that yeah. right there isn't is an episode title, dude. Maybe we'll go with that, man. We're just getting a little we're getting a little loose before uh, before indie live. We'll tighten it back up when we're together. But uh, but yeah, man. If that song drops in 2019, I think it's hilarious. I think people love it. Um, best use of Burger King bathroom in a hip hop like set of lyrics ever. I mean, not necessarily the best use. Yeah, as a lyric, not yeah, as a, as a as a lyric, to, not to as clarify. the actual thing that it was used for. But, um, dude, Outcast I think had some 
so fresh, so clean. It w- it wasn't quite like a joke song, but yeah, that they, was the best use of see, Anne I, Frank's name in a rap lyric. Yes, Out, Outcast has probably the most. Them and maybe like Snoop have the most range, going from like kind of like silly, kind of yeah, like almost joke songs like Hey Ah yeah. and yeah. So Fresh So Clean to to songs that you know maybe like Rosa Parks and these other songs like that, Bombs Over Baghdad and and a, a whole variety of other songs that are actually you know they say things about things. Um, yeah. Dude, I think Outcast was like genius level stuff yeah. in retrospect. Like there was a lot of talent happening there. Um how do how do we get on this? Are we are we done personnel wise, Pipe? I think so. We should probably wrap this thing. I gotta take yeah, my daughter should. to swim, you know. Oh yeah. Which gosh, means that I'll be at the, the I'll be at the YMCA using the go. gym, probably listening to excessive amounts of nineties hip hop. Now we have inspired me. There you go. So it's an if this is your old lady YMCA though, right? Yeah, exactly. Nice. It's, so it's yeah. There's a bunch of people in like velour sweatsuits or like kind oh, of I love it. awkwardly I love fitting it. themselves into too tight workout clothes and using ellipticals. And I'll have my headphones in listening to Outcast. And dude, can I ra- can I wrap this with one last music story? Um, you said can cons- I wrap this? And I got a little nervous given what we were just talking uh, about. No, no. Yes, go ahead. It, it concerns the gym. Um, so there's there's this guy, and I'm sure you have this type of person in your life too, in your, in your professional world. But he's just a guy that I see on campus like 25 times a day, like wherever I am, he's there and he's a student. He's a theology and mission student. He goes to my church. Super nice guy, man. Super, super nice guy. But because I see him 25 times a day, like we run out of stuff to say to each other, you know, (laughs) and like we even run out of like friendly chit chat and banter such that I wish I could just have a conversation with him where I say, like, you don't have to say anything to me. You know, like, I won't think you're mad at me if you just walk by me in the hallway. Have you, totally- have, <clears throat> has it devolved to the point of just making observations where you walk by and you're like, white shoelaces? Yeah. Dude, totally. <laughs> yeah, we're at observation level banter at this point. So we're both at the gym the other day and we're lifting and not together, though. And I've got my headphones in. He's got his headphones in, which I feel like headphones in. It's it's the universal sign of like let's not engage you know let's let's just leave each other alone give each other some space, um, but he comes over and he takes out his headphones and he's like hey did you, you ever listen to Joe Walsh and I'm like no you know like <laughs> I, I I knew like Joe Walsh was a guy in the 70s but like I've never listened to Joe Walsh specifically and uh, he's like huh and he goes but I know you you gotta love Jimmy Buffett right. And I was like, oh, that's that's I, like a shot at your character, dude. It is a shot at my character. And I was like, I could either just be the nice guy and kind of shrug my shoulders and move on. But I was like, dude, I got to tell you, Jimmy Buffett is everything. He, he's emblematic of everything that I hate about music, like a certain kind of music. Like I'm just relaxing with my bros and some buds, you know, like Jimmy Buffett is emblematic of that whole genre. And I couldn't yeah. hate anything more musically by the way it, rick warren walk yeah, up music jimmy buffett. jimmy buffett there you go yep. yep yep that's right um so i could tell he was kind of wounded by it so i was like but keep going you know keep trying and <laughs> like eventually we're gonna get to some artist that we that we share an affinity for but um but yeah that's that's it man that's my story um Joe i don't like jimmy Walsh and jimmy buffett at the gym with with yeah greeting guy white i'm like are guy. you are you a 65-year-old drunk guy masquerading as a college kid? You know, <laughs> no, he's, like, actually, he's actually a 54-year-old drunk woman masquerading yeah. as a college guy. Exactly, exactly. 
I love it, Piper. And, and with that, with 54-year-old drunk women, I think we've just uh, officially wandered to and fro throughout this podcast. Um, so if you enjoyed this, if you enjoyed this at any level, um, run, don't walk to happyrampodcast.com. Buy some Ligaris Roasters coffee. We have not forgotten about you, Heck Ligaris. We've just been busy promoting ourselves lately. Uh, so buy some Ligaris Roasters. Get your tickets for Indie Live. And until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. I'm Billy Yancey, entrepreneur, fitness cowboy, father, retired Navy cornerback, and now podcast host. Listen to my new show, Billy and the Goat, on Life Audio. Happy listening.